Well, my buckle makes impressions on the inside of her thigh. There are little feathered Indians where we tussled through the night. If I known she was religious, then I wouldn't have came stoned to the house of such an angel too fucked up to get back home. I love it. <laughs> that was excellent. I, uh, I blanked there at the beginning. All the, all, all the lyrics went out of my head. <laughs> no, we love it. That was great. Are Thank you, you Croatian? So much. No, <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's oh, not. Oh no, because the song was perfect. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm half Italian, half native. Oh, there nice. we go. There we go. Giancarlo, thanks so much for being on the show, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Oh, man, this is amazing. I know you reached out. We did a little. Uh, you're you listened to us, so yeah. you've heard a few of the shows. Yeah. And I know you reached out, and and we're glad that you're here. And uh, you're an electrician. Yeah. And then what are we going to talk about today? You know, I was thinking about talking about uh, my injury, my case, what I went through. Just so other people are aware, because like there's a big, I think there's a big stigma in, uh, especially commercial construction around injuries and stuff like that. Just want p to raise awareness a little bit, maybe using your your platform totally, to do it. Totally, totally. I know that because you focus, uh, you're working with Iron Wolf, right? Is that the idea? No, no. So I own Iron Wolf Services. Okay. And then uh, I actually work full time as an electrician for another co electrical contractor. Got it. Okay, so I just want to get some of the deets out here. Uh, it's ironwolfservices.ca. That's the website. Yep. Your email is Giancarlo, which is G-I-A-N, Carlo, yep. dot I-A-N-N-I dot I-W-S yep. at gmail.com. Yeah, it's a long one. <laughs> no, no, it's a long one, but everyone's <laughs> going to get it now. So, I mean, we really appreciate you being on the show. So the Iron Wolf you've been doing for seven years or the electrician? Uh, the electrician, I started working for the company I'm working for now in 2000 and late 2011, early 2012. Mm -hmm. And I've been with them ever since. And then uh, Iron Wolf Services, I registered the business a few years before, before that it was all like, you know, under the table stuff. Which is the construction my, industry. My, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just reality. That's all it is, man. So I, uh, so your business, you take care of a lot of snow removal, contracting, property maintenance. Yeah, so uh, I kind of got out of the, the landscaping part of it and trying to get out of the hardscape, like interlock stuff. But, you know, sometimes the money's right, right? It just comes in. Yeah. Especially so, in the last two years. Yeah. It's been insane. Pushing hard on the snow removal, slowing down a little bit on the contracting and... Snowmobile is, uh, I, I just like it. It's fun. It's, I like staying up late and sending guys out to do stuff. <laughs> and I like all the toys, right? I yeah. got like 12 trucks, right? Oh, I love the toys. So this is a show that we haven't discussed yet. This is a world that we haven't discussed yet. The whole no, commercial and, and side of things. Yeah, and, and this is pretty, I have a friend that does landscaping at Belleville. and He tells me how many problems he has with property management and people wiping oh. out insurance. I'd love to talk a little bit about that. Buddy, you're going to need a four-hour podcast for this Let's one. do it. <laughs> Let's start. The insurance, so I'm, I'm well-versed in the insurance side, no. man. I had to struggle last year to get it going because, I, like I said, I didn't register the business until uh, for snow removal for, until last year, and it was the, the insurance that w almost made me not register the business at all. Oh, really, huh? Yeah. So do we want to – okay, up to you, man. How do you want to start this? Let's go with the snow removal. Okay. Yeah. Let's go there. We got winter coming. Well, we I, we I, got the threat of a uh, healthy Canadian winter coming. Yeah. Is that what you're hearing too? A lot of people are saying, oh, it's going to be a snowy winter. And they all send me these articles, but they all quote the Farmer's Almanac. And the Farmer's Almanac says it's going to be above average precipitation, below average <laughs> snowfall. So who's so right and who's wrong? Buddy, I've been doing the, I've been doing snow removal since I was, like, had my license. 
it comes when it comes and nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's like me in any, the bedroom. I don't. <laughs> I don't care what any. <laughs> Uh, I don't sorry, care what anybody says. Nobody knows the weather, man. No, you can't. Really. <laughs> you can't. Okay, on that visualization of Carlito's bedroom, <laughs> let's get back into the cold. <laughs> the flush light. <laughs> um, so why do you love it so much, man? Because, I mean, so many people don't love it. But also Marcelino, M. Souza there, he's also a plow. You know, he's he's not old. a plow. Well, oh, he's a plower he, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like you. You're he's a plower, uh, but he loves it, too. But not a lot of guys love it. And I guess a lot of guys and girls get out of it because of the insurance BS. It's not just about the insurance. It's uh, a, a lot about dealing with the customers, too. A lot of people have unreal expectations of a scope of work when it comes to storm removal. But at the same time, they don't want to pay for that scope of work. It's like I was I was telling Jason earlier, like I relate everything in my businesses to how a construction site, how, how the business in construction works and how like everything it, it, in my head, it's all related. You know what I mean? For example, my company, I'm never going to be the cheapest operator out there, the cheapest snow contractor. Um, is that by design or you actually figured out your business model and then this is the number that you came up to and that's what you're presenting to your clients, right? Yeah, I, I would say there is no set price in construction. Exactly. Everybody's and, price is yes. different. Yeah, so for snow removal, at a certain point, you're pricing to your demographic, right? Like, you know some people are going to be able to pay more, so you price it higher. But there's a, there's a bare minimum that I run. Like, how much it's going to take, like, a, a, a property at the beginning of the season is going to take twice as long to service than it is at the end of the season. It's just the way it works. Drivers get used to it. They figure out the best way to do it, stuff like that, right? The approaches, yeah. Yeah. What I do is I, I, I look at a property, how long it would take me to do it. Then I price in my truck with a laborer and a driver. And then I price in the cost of salt it's going to take. And then I multiply it by a seasonal average. And all my contracts have a cap of, of the seasonal average for that season. I'm trying to change the snow removal game with my company. A lot of guys gamble with the weather. Like I don't, set prices, you mean? Yeah, like, you know, if you hit 40 services, that's it for the season. I'm not coming back out. After that, we can sign another contract. Because my whole goal is I want to guarantee my service. I'm not going to be the guy that doesn't show up because I can't afford to put fuel in the trucks, never mind pay a driver. Yeah. So I, don't, I just don't gamble with the weather. And a lot of people don't like that, but I'm still in business. I'm still doing well. So, right. So, how are you changing things by are you avoiding that or are you just preparing the clients to do it for the whole season? What do you mean? Well, you were saying that they cap it out as so, so many services. No, I do that. You do that, right? No, everybody else just gambles with the weather. That's all. So, they hope that and, it doesn't go past those services. Yes. And that's why so many snow contractors open and close the next year or they're only in business for a few years or they get a slip and fall because they realize they price too low. They can't make the services as, as much as they should. Like, dude, I've already been out salting four times. Wow. This season? This season. Where are you servicing? For residential. Residential is a different ball game as well. I release liability for slip, trip, and fall hazards and buildups of ice because we're there to move snow for access and egress. Okay. And that's it. But for commercial... I pretty much service. I'll go anywhere from Toronto up to Huntsville. Wow. Right. Okay. But right. I have different, like I have buddies all over the place. So I'll have a truck I'll leave up there. I'll have a truck I'll leave over here. Right. And then I just leave it up to my buddies that are drivers in that area to get the shovelers. The majority of my stuff is in Georgina because that's where I do all my marketing and advertising. I keep it in Georgina, but the rest is 
you know, word of mouth or they'll find it or they'll call me. Do you go over here? Yeah, I go over there. So do you just do, do you do maintenance on top of that during the summer or is it just plowing and then you take the, the, the summer off? No, no. So I work full time like year round as an electrician. Right? Okay. And then in the summer, like I'll do like electrical maintenance at like some, like a lot of my clients will actually hire me to do contracting and other stuff there as well. I put a, a concrete pad in at one of my, one of my clients' place so they could have a patio. Right. Yeah. Another one asked me for a price to put up a, a 30 by 60 concrete pad and he didn't go with me. He actually ended up doing it himself, which I was impressed. But and then he hired me to build an event tent on top of it. And he was holding weddings there all summer. Right. Wow. So, smart. so the, the like the whole point of my business is to have one number to call for everything you need. Right. Because if I'm too busy to do it or I don't know, you know, somebody, I know somebody and I don't it's not like I'm, oh, give me 30 percent. If I give you this job, no, here's a job, get it done, do it well, and I'll be happy. But that's the old school way. Everybody wants kickbacks. Everybody, I never, I've never taken a kickback, but everybody wants kickbacks but, if you get but them him, work. But him being in the middle game, he's always in sight and not out of mind. So you'll always pick up something by taking care of those other exactly. jobs. Exactly. I feel like if everybody's like, I, I pitch this to my clients all the time. I'm not the typical, typical snow contractor, right? I want you to be happy, so I'm happy, and we do business year after year. Not that, like, my, my phone number is a 24-hour line. You call it, I come, right? But now, if it's out of the scope of work, we'll talk about it. Like, listen, I can't do this. I can't afford to do this. It's, it wasn't in the scope of work. It is what it is, right? It's funny that you're saying that because on the last podcast we just recorded, we were talking about having more personal time, man. It doesn't sound like you have any personal time at all. It sounds like that. I, I hope my girlfriend doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> she might. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, I guess you're, you're providing, right? So you're... Yeah. Like, my goal is basically to get the business to a point where I don't have to run it in the next 10 to 15 years. But that's another uphill battle, finding the workforce to take over for I, you without sleeping in the truck while it's snowing. Yeah. And that kind of stuff. I have a, I have a few good guys okay. by my side. We'll see how, how well, like, that's my other thing, too. I don't, a lot of guys pay their, their employees, to, like, dog shit, dude. Like, <laughs> next to none, like, next, minimum wage kind of thing? Well, like, your average shoveler is getting 15 bucks an hour and 99% of the, con, uh, from the snow contractors, right? My shovelers can go up to, like, $27 an hour. When they start, they start at 15 or 20. Yeah. Right? And they can go up from there. My highest paid driver last year got paid 45 bucks an hour. Wow. Right, but he's buying. He's driving a big plow, a D or an AZ no. license. No, no, no. I don't. Ha- I, I'm all running all uh, half, uh, three quarter and one tons. Okay, right. That's amazing. But he took care of everything because that's the other thing you got to remember. I'm working full time. He was taking care of everything while I was at work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'd get the phone calls. What do I do with this situation? What do I do in that? But he got it done. No questions asked. Yeah. So he right. deserves that. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Right. I'm not one of those guys that like. I'm not. I'm not looking to get rich. I'm just. You're looking, sharing. I'm sharing. I'd rather share so everybody's happy. Because when everybody's happy, everybody works hard. And you're and you're taking the harder part. You're taking the liability. You're taking all the paperwork, the accounting, the yeah. the footwork, the relationships. That's <laughs> that's Buddy, a whole other business. I'll go and put out the bag signs on a Friday until like 4 a.m. My girlfriend calls me. What are you still doing out? <laughs> <laughs> but those yeah. bag signs are getting you business. Buddy, those bag signs, I don't care what anybody says, the number one marketing tool, best ROI. Get out of here. Buddy, I swear to God. Because they stay in people's minds when they see them. They just stick. So the township, specifically in Georgina where I do my marketing and stuff, you're not allowed to put those out. 
but I have a, I have a, like a little system. I put them out on a Friday. And I pick them as many up as I can on a Sunday afternoon. Wow, <laughs> that's brilliant. Because they're two bucks a piece. Well, you got to pick them up before. I've seen guys. But then they go stealing on. those yeah. rims. Well, so so actually, <laughs> no, no. It, it, in Toronto, it's 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 bad. The snowmobile game is like the tow trucking industry. Guys fight each other. Scavengers. They pull, they pull their like guys run guys off the road. They put snowing clients. Like it's brutal, dude. That's why I, I like I don't do residential anywhere but Georgina because it's not as hostile there. Like. You know, I'm flipping contracts over to my buddies who are doing certain areas and they're flipping me all the stuff in my my residential areas. So do you carry a crowbar around when you snowblow? <laughs> no, one of my buddies used to. <laughs> for real. One really? of my buddies used to get in fights. For real. Yeah. It's that vicious. In, in Toronto, like not necessarily like as bad, but there I've I've seen some shit, man. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, but it all happens at night in the middle of the night. Nobody sees it, right? Well, because that's when you guys are working, right? Yeah. Well, we can work during the day too. Depends when it snows. Yes, right? but you want to have it clean before business starts. That way, there's no cars in the driveways. Yeah, exactly. And so on. Yeah. yeah. Now uh, the residential is different. The residential, I guarantee, don't guarantee times whatsoever, and I don't necessarily guarantee times on the commercial either. But it's more like um, we we do our best, right? Like if it's gonna sn- if if you open at seven and it's and it's starts snowing at six thirty, sorry, buddy. Like yeah. So was the accident from the snow or from the electrical? No, no, it was from the electrical. From the electrical. Yeah. Okay. All right. But snow, like uh, that's what I've heard from people who do snow. It's the insurance bullshit. Someone could be walking by and then they become the best performer ever in the world and they slipped and fall. And, and that's all of a sudden, what it is. Put it this way. There's not a speck of ice. There's not a flake of ice. There is literally more salt than in, than in every salt shaker in the country on my commercial sites. So there's no way that someone there's could no say. There's no chance. Yeah. Not just that. All my trucks have GPS trackers that record up to, uh, I think it's two feet accuracy. And that information is stored and recorded by a third-party company for life. All my trucks have DVRs, mobile DVRs, front and rear, like dash cams. Not only to, for proof of the service, but proof of the quality of service. You can see every grain of salt coming out of my, shooting out the back of the truck. Holy right? cow, like, man. Dude, <laughs> so you're just I, preparing I do, yourself. I, I do, dude. I'm. How many I'm times so, have you been sued? None, <laughs> uh, dude. I'm so scared of getting sued that I personally drive around to all my pro- properties That's like brilliant. at least once a week and check them out and make sure everything's good. I'm I'm terrified of getting. So sued. how many trucks you got going on right now? Right now, uh, this year I'm gonna have I have um, I have four on the road, and I have about for plow trucks I have about eight in total, but. I, I'm not going to put the other ones on the road. It's backups. But yeah, like you have to have backup trucks. That's just it. Yeah. Like, transmissions always going. Buddy, I got a shed full of transmissions at my house. So can we talk about this early? What's your choice of truck? <laughs> okay. What do you think it now, is? I haven't. I haven't. Yeah. What do you think it is? What do you think it is? Well, I'll cancel Dodge out of my equation. I, I can't answer it because I've already seen it. Uh, I like <laughs> I like Ford, but what I'm hearing is Bulletproof is Chevy and and. Do you work on your own vehicles? Yes. Yeah. And you drive Fords. I have all three. Buddy, Fords are the hardest thing to work on. Period. No, you're right. My dually, I I have to take it in, but the basic stuff I do. <laughs> I, I I shouldn't I, say I work on the yeah, on no, the 450. I'll strip a truck down to the frame. Last year I pulled a motor on a truck and put it in in one day. So what are you messing around with? Dodges, right? Dodges. So they're the wow. easiest to work with? Not the, Work the, on? The, the, not the easiest per se. Every vehicle's got its problems. I, I, I laugh at this debate. Like Personally, I don't like Fords just because of the engineers work... Too tight. Too, they work too hard to make it hard for an average person to work on it. And when I say average person, I mean like 
we're talking specialty tools, right? That you'll need. Whereas like the Dodges, like and the Chevys, buddy, anybody with a full mechanics toolbox can work on that thing. Yeah. Right. Like I come from a family of mechanics and auto body men on one side, right? Um, and uh, and various other trades, right? But for the Dodges, like every vehicle has its problem. For the Dodges, Dodges, it's front ends. But you're plowing with it, so you're going to be doing front ends anyways. You'd be repairing all the time ah. anyway. Right? Like, people don't understand. Like, when people tell me a price is too high, I go, what do you mean a price is too high? I go, my, my equipment's maintained. I'm not running a 30-year-old truck, right? I'm not running a 30-year-old plow. And I'm going to show up. <laughs> like, what more can you ask? Do you find that Dodgers are the cheapest and then no. they're the cheapest to fix? No. No. Everything's expensive, dude. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, I just like the Dodgers one because... I don't care what anybody says. You cannot beat a Cummins, a diesel motor in a Dodge, and you can only out of get the three. Out of the three, buddy, a Cummins will go forever. Really? Literally, dub the million mile motor. So why do so many contractors this Dodge then? Well, I've had so I've only had fifteen hundreds. So the, they've the, always cost me the most money. So the Hemi's, it's because they're Hemi's. They're they're worse on fuel, but they also the, the Hemi motors have a problem in their design with oiling the valve train, the top. If you don't, if you aren't religious on those those oil changes, it clogs the the, the passage for the oil to come up the motor Cogulates. on the side, and 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 uh, and oil the the valve train on top. I wonder if Dodges are listening. Okay, now is that with with turbo or without turbo? <laughs> what the diesels? Yeah, they all got turbos. Buddy. Okay, so uh, so one of the biggest problems with that is people don't idle when they sh- like when they stop. They should be idling for three to four minutes to let that oil kind of simmer in the bottom right like i've always told when you're when you stop your truck let it run for a few yeah, minutes you're talk, you're so the oil about, doesn't yeah. turn into balls you're, you're talking about a turbo timer like basically like turbos this is the thing like old school turbos were finicky like we're talking about like the the early days of turbos they were finicky you had to be very careful with them you had to let them cool down before you shut them off you had to do this you had to do that these days buddy <laughs> they're fucking great <laughs> really oh man like the only problems with the dodge trucks is the um the 351 ve turbos it's a variable gate turbo so actually there's a motor on it and it, if you put an exhaust you turn the exhaust brake on in the truck it'll make the turbo cl- uh tighter right and it also works like that based on your acceleration your speed and how much load you got on it'll actually make the turbo smaller so it can spool up faster there's less turbo lag the only issue with those dodge trucks is carbon builds up inside the veins where the where the the turb the turbo slot like those those uh the the gate right where the gate will close right so basically you have to just take the turbo apart put it in some parts cleaner and Put it back together and throw it back in the truck. Well, at least I know who I'm going to call now. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier said than done. But you're saving so much money doing it yourself, right? Yeah, man. Like last year, that that truck motor blew. Got a pretty good deal on a motor, twenty five hundred bucks. Rebuilt by the dealer, seven thousand k before that. Uh, Had a hundred twenty thousand k total on it. Took me a week to find it. Uh, Another five hundred bucks to get everything to get it swapped in. But then it was six grand to uh, subcontract out the work while my truck was down. Wow. So it wasn't so much the work that was being done on the truck. It was the work that you were losing. Yeah. That's why Which you is always my now. biggest fear. Whenever you've got a work truck and if you have one and it goes down, then what do you got to do? Pile everything into your car? Well, that's why I have more than one vehicle. Yeah. I always well, you, have to have a backup. You got three Fords, though. That's the thing about it, right? 
Who has three Fords? I thought you said you had three Fords. No, no you no, have no. one of each. No, I got a Dodge. I got a Chevy. You got a Dodge. You got a Chevy. You got a Ford. Ford. Yeah. You're just a whole around all three. What's, yes. What Dodge do you have? What year? Uh, 2008. 2008. But oh, that's a it's third bulletproof. Gen. Yeah, it's a third gen. Yeah, it's bulletproof, man. I yeah. throw logs in it. I Buddy. rocks, jump over curbs, like things. If you want to talk about a truck that actually impressed me, it was my first vehicle I ever got. Which is? 2011 GMC Canyon, four-cylinder, five-speed rear-wheel drive. Canyon? Yeah, four-cylinder, five-speed rear-wheel drive. I've towed more with that tiny truck, and I could run the gears because it was a manual, than I have with any of my fucking one-ton trucks. Wow. So why is that truck (laughs) such a bulletproof truck? It's... I don't know, man. I tried to kill it. It's still sitting in my driveway. I'm giving it to one of my uh, workers as a personal vehicle for That's <laughs> to time over. Like, I have no idea, man. This thing's been sitting for three years. I can still walk, turn the key, and it'll fire right up. Wow. <laughs> I did a clutch in it, and that's about it. Brakes and tires. Yeah, but you're also on maintenance, so that, that's another thing. Most people don't do maintenance. Yeah, on that's that's another thing too. Like if you, people don't realize every vehicle, ha- every manufacturer has a maintenance schedule for every vehicle. So people are like, oh, transmissions are shit in Dodges. I've never blown one transmission in a Dodge truck. Why? Because I change the fluids and filters every year in the transmission, right? Because you run them so hard. No, I, I don't even run my plot trucks hard. I mean, my drivers might, but I just make sure everything's taken care of. Like, just do the work and cross your fingers, man. So is it fair to say that all three of them, if you just maintain it properly, all three of them should last, should last? You know, they should. They should. They really should. But there's, like I said, there's there's just, like, design flaws in some of them as well, right? Like, I don't know too much about the Chevs because I kind of steered away. I do love the uh, Duramax motors, specifically the LBZ, right? From, I think it's 08 to 10 or something like that. But, you know, the Ford 6-liter Power Stroke was just a disaster. Yeah, I have the 6.4. Yeah, the 6-liter Power Stroke, buddy. People were walking in three months later, dropping the keys off at the dealership. Yeah, I got through it. I changed the turbos, didn't go... Uh, Holy cow. I, I can't even read the subtitles on this podcast, <laughs> man. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Seriously. And, anyways, yeah. That's just should, me. No, continue. I want is, you guys to continue. We're changing the name of this podcast <laughs> no, to The Auto Life. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's fascinating because I usually just take my vehicle right to the service, and then they take care of it, and they let me know what I got to pay, and then it's usually a big number, and that's pisses me off and that's where it is but you guys you have an advantage because you tinker around with these machines and you know what's wrong with them or what can be done and what you can push them what the real problems are yes yeah because a mechanic will tell you all kinds of stuff yeah so for example like the dodges one thing i really don't like about the dodges is that their four-wheel drive system on anything after really the second gen so that would be 1994 they all there it's always rotating mass for your four by four in the front if the wheels are turning the front axle shafts are turning which is turning your transfer case and then in the newer ones it even turns the cv axle up to the transfer case so you have 150 pounds of constant rotating mass and it's wearing out those u-joints even though you're not using the four by four wow right so you're aging the truck yeah well it's just u-joints which are a pain in the ass to change when when it comes to the front axle shafts you got to pull the whole basically spindle off the truck and and uh, the cv shafts that's why everybody the the cv shafts on on a dodge always go because they're always turning you can buy uh locking front hub kits for them but it's like three grand what do you want to do spend two uh two three hundred bucks on a cv shaft every two years or do you want to spend three grand on uh on a locking hub kit. That's why I like the Ford did that. Yeah, and that's it, the and only thing. I do agree that. with Ford with that. They yeah. still got the locking front hubs. I love that. Yeah, and everyone always says, oh, but that's it's such yeah. an old st- a t- a style. That's my favorite, buddy. Yeah. 
Uh, anyways, let's go to. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just, let, let's, no, 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 let's no, get no, the salt. Let's no, get the salt and sand. No, no, they salt like, and sand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, salt sand. No, and no. Before you go to that, I mean, we have a lot of listeners that drive all three. You know what I mean? And some idiots are going to be driving a Tesla Cybertruck one day if uh, it ever gets you produced. You guys want to talk about electric vehicles? Oh, you know I what? Do, yes, because we do. Where are you going to go with this now? <laughs> all okay. Maverick? No, a lot of a lot of people think electric vehicles are gonna. Save the earth. They're Bullshit. really not. They're worse for the environment. Yeah, the batteries are even worse. The batteries. Acid. Lead. Buddy, you can't try and recycle a lithium-ion battery. Tell me how it goes. It doesn't. See, for me, I have this thing where, like, I don't buy new trucks. I don't buy old trucks. I buy, like, in-between. It's broken-in trucks. You make it work, right? I'm, I'm that way with tools and everything. I'd rather buy used tools that are well-maintained than go buy brand-new stuff. Because in my mind, I'm keeping stuff out of landfills, right? And I'm not supporting all that plastic and paper and packaging right i honestly believe that any well i know ford's got their lightning coming out is it this year uh or is I, it next year i haven't really been following it i think it's next year it's I, coming I saw, out i saw a video on it we don't know when cyber trucks coming out but i honestly believe that the electric trucks will not be able to hold a flame to combustible no they trucks. won't so you want if you want to talk semis like they have electric semi trucks yes right but the cost of one you could run a fleet of 10 for what they're that expensive they're that expensive I know Tesla, Elon was showing off his semi recently. I saw the video and I'm like, it's great. It looks beautiful. He was showing his semi? <laughs> <laughs> came way too fast. <laughs> and then he came too fast. <laughs> Are we back in Carlito's bedroom? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but I, you, you know what? I totally agree with you, honestly. I, I totally agree that they're not, they're not doing what they think that they're going to do. Well, they're not doing what they're, they're making it seem like they're telling yes. everybody it's going to do. You know what I mean? Like they put out these numbers for horsepower. I'm an electrician. They're putting out the, the numbers on the motors, on the electric motors, not at the rear wheel. Yeah. If you want to measure my Cummins motors horsepower at the rear flywheel, it's going to be like three or four times what it is at the rear wheels. Don't quote me on that, though. <laughs> but they're, they're telling you how, how, how many horsepower the motor is. Yeah, there's torque and there's power, right? Right. When you get to the rear wheels, the, the quarter mile on a Tesla... Model S or whatever the the new twenty twenty one. Yeah, quarter mile is great, but do we no, live no, in a quarter mile it's world? Like, it's eleven point nine seconds. That's not fast. A fast quarter mile is sub ten. That's got a fast zero to sixty. The power's all there, but after two seconds, you're getting smoked by a Dodge Demon. Like people think that the Teslas are great. They're bad for the environment. I think, in my personal opinion, and but the they say that they recycle their own batteries into their own assembly line, which I find hard to believe. I haven't looked into that, man. I just, I'm not opposed to the electric cars because I put in a lot of chargers. <laughs> <laughs> but almost I, every house now. We should get into that later. Well, no, yeah. you're dealing with commercials, so you're actually now you're getting commercial buildings that are. Yeah. Is it becoming mandatory now that you have I'm to have a charger? Sure. I'm not sure. A lot the of roughing the, is a lot of the walls that I'm a lot of some walls a lot of the malls <laughs> that I'm doing. They're they're putting them in. They're parking them all in there, right? Yeah, right at the front. We pull the, the power to it, and then the Tesla guys come in and install their little things. Yeah, because they, uh, as you correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Tesla doesn't have a Tesla Canada, so to speak, service. Like to that, you have to still deal with Tesla USA, don't you? I'm not sure. Uh, there's some bullshit going on there. Exactly. Canada is not a big enough country or not enough big enough market for for Tesla to warrant having a division up here. I just keep thinking everyone's forgetting that uh, they need all of us to build the city and keep it maintained. I don't see how this is going to help contractors, you know, uh, even the part about electric vehicles. Yeah. Like, I just don't know how it's going to help us <sighs> to help them. 
Okay, this is an interesting show. I'm trying to figure out where do we go from here. Uh, like, <laughs> like I'm trying to figure out. Okay, first of all, it's great to hear all the maintenance stuff going on with the pickup trucks because you've got a huge market that listens to the show that's in the construction industry that drives some sort of truck. Yeah. And they have that's part of their business. That's their operating costs. Then when the truck goes down, like you said, you got to figure out what you're going to do and how you're going to com- complete your day. Yeah. Then you start thinking about the future. You start getting the younger generation start thinking, well, I want a cyber truck. I want cyber truck and cyber all this cyber truck bullshit, right? Which hasn't even hit the market yet. It was supposed to hit the market. So it was a great marketing ploy. That's the, the extent the, of it. The cyber truck has about as much I would say it's comparable to a 25 or a 3500. Really? Like they, I, I think I saw a video of something or something of it doing a pull with a, I think it was a Ford F. Yeah, it was or a something. stage. That was a staged video. Yeah, yeah. That was it's it's an F one fifty. You could pull that with any any muscle car could pull that F one fifty across a lot. Yeah, I want to see your muscle cars. <laughs> I, I don't have any, yeah. unfortunately. I just roll all my. I'm broke as shit, man. I just roll all my money back into the business. All my smart. Re- okay, so let's get back into the plow. I want to. Uh, you want to share some of the insurance stories that you have, okay, like some so. of the bullshit attached to that. Running a business, we we pay everybody that's a contractor. We pay through the nose on everything to run a business safely, properly, legitimately. We pay so much money. Yeah. So you guys have to pay more. Basically, there's a. I'll, I'll try and make it quick because it's it's a long topic. But there's old school policies where basically you got the insurance like two grand for the year, general liability, and you do whatever you want. That's like ten mil, right? More? No, no, for like one or two mil. Oh wow. Yeah. Just operated. You do whatever you wanted. Now, so slowly, all the insurance companies are canceling those policies. I think there's only one or two companies left in in Canada that's offering them. They're all getting out of the snow removal game. Most of the people who are running insurance are running with companies that are based out of uh, London in, 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 in the UK. Yeah. And they're charging big money. You're looking at like 25 grand for the year for a small contractor, all the way up to like 2 million, right? So for me, there's a couple Canadian companies that are still offering new policies, but lawyer writes your contract, insurance company approves it. They need to know every property you service. There's that I have to be, be indemnified harmless in my contracts unless in case of gross negligence or willful misconduct. So basically, if I don't show up and do my job properly, I'm going to get sued. What do you mean by the harmless part? What is that? What is that? T- I don't know. So like if somebody walks onto your basically it says in the contract, it says this contract is not a insurance policy against like winter related weather or slip and falls and accidents and stuff. It basically says. The client agrees to hold harmless the contractor unless in the case of gross negligence or willful misconduct. So if I purposely didn't show up to do my job or I, you know, saw ice and walked away or something like that. Got it. So what is your preference right now? Like, so if you're doing commercial, salt is the way to go. No, hang on. Why are you jumping into that? I still want to talk about the insurance thing. Yeah. Yeah. Get off your phone then. No, <laughs> there's a bunch of shit going on. Okay, he's just, he's just looking at pictures of Carlito's bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> that's a nightmare. I don't want to see that. I see a lot of chains. <laughs> see what I mean? See the visualization going on right now? Extra two by six in the ceiling. Hang on a second, Manny. <laughs> uh, but okay, so sorry, you were talking about the insurance. So now the the industry is limiting you people from doing what you can do. A lot of people are just closing the doors. Yeah, and that's what's going on. And uh, so what does that mean? Is that does that make you or allow you to hike up your price to the clients? It does. I have to explain to the clients because it allows me to hike up my price, 
but I have to explain to them, I'm only hiking up my price. I'm not making this money. It's going to the insurance company. And this is just the new, the new direction it's going, right? Which is why I, I, I went for that option where I'm like, a, I want to say a full service contractor. You call, I come, we work something out. We see if, if it's covered under the scope, if I, can, if I can afford to do it for free or if I can afford not to do it for free, right? Because that way you use your client as an extra set of eyes on your property. It, or it should be that way anyways. It makes sense. Well, it also yeah, it also says in the contract that the client understands that they hold they hold the property and are responsible for maintaining it. Most clients are just looking to pass that liability yeah, completely onto you. Yeah, they're just looking to pass you. the buck and basically my contract says, "Listen, we'll do this service, we'll do it well. If we breach the contract, sue us. If we don't breach the contract, well, we'll work with you to give you the information from my trucks and my reports and my internal audits to show you that, hey, like this slip and fall shouldn't have happened, and it could be fraud. It could not be fraud. Are you done? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm juggling a bunch of things. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry, Giancarlo. Honestly, I'm really sorry about that. But there's like uh, we don't have a massive team like like you, right? So you've got a lot going on. You got a lot going on, buddy. Like, I got so much going on. I like. Do you want to look at my sprinter next week? Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you notice? Did you notice that he owns no Mercedes? It's a Sprinter. <laughs> what do you? Okay, wait. Hey, you know what? What do you think of the Sprinters? I have a Sprinter sitting in a customer's driveway. <laughs> do you? Th- that they said they were going to scrap, and they said you can have it. So, you, would you choose a, a Transit over a Sprinter? I'm not. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> I want the truth. I want you to share what you want to share. You're not going to hurt my feelings, dude. Trust Listen, me. I have like, no loyalty. I, this I, show's not brought to you by Sprinter, so I don't give a <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> At the end of the day, man, I think that it doesn't matter what you run. It's all personal preference. It's like, do you like Nike or do you like Adidas? There's no you know, we've said that over and over about tools. You have your brand loyalty or you don't have your brand loyalty. Yeah. But it's really about what you run, how you work it, how you use it, how yeah. you do it. I mean, like the Sprinter I have is technically I don't even have it yet. It's been sitting in my customer, uh, one of my clients' driveways. What for, year is it? Which one? I think it's an 06 or an 07. Oh, that's, that's a Dodge, basically. Yeah. That's a Dodge, man. Yeah. yeah. It's got, it needs body work. It needs this and that. So I was going to take it and fix it. And then... Uh, I was like, and I'll run it for contracting, make a little nice little van or something. And then I thought, you know what? If I get into this, it's been sitting for years, this and that. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll just give it to one of my friends who wants to build one of those vans and drive across the country living out of a van. <laughs> and then I thought about it again. I'm like, you know what? I'll get a thousand bucks for scrap for it now. So I'll just show up with a trailer and take it to the scrapyard. <laughs> I don't have time to fix it, right? Because like, I'm also doing the contracting, yeah. right? I used to do that with my dad when I was a kid. Like, so when did you get started? At what age did you get started? For in in what? In anything? In anything? I started cutting lawns when I was like seven or eight years old. For had yourself? To, yeah, had to pay my dad for the gas and the lawnmower. Wow. <laughs> Wait, how old are you? Twenty-seven. You're twenty-seven. Yeah. So you're a millennial. I guess so. Yeah. You realize that you're not a stereotypical millennial if you were cutting grass at that age and now you're plowing and you're contracting and you're. I bought my house when I was 21 years what old. What the f- Wow. <laughs> good for you, man. <laughs> good for you. Exactly good for you. Holy cow. That's what I, I like a lot of your shows, too, because you guys talk about the real estate, and I'm like, I know exactly what these guys are talking about. <laughs> Probably most millennials don't want to hear it and turn off the knob. They don't think it's possible. It's possible. That's the truth. Well, it's the truth, man. All my friends right now that are laughing in life were the ones that lived at home, bought houses when they were 16, put 10 grand into them, Rented them out until they got married. And now they've got two or three houses each, the wife and the husband together. They have all kinds of houses. They don't even have to work. They could just sell a house every few years or 
live off the the rental. It's crazy. My plan, it's, it might sound, my goal, if you want to say, and like I won't be upset if I don't reach it, but I, at least I can say I tried. I want to be able to only work to keep busy by the time I'm 45. Good for you. That's it's my a good goal. plan. Man. I mean, like everybody says they have that goal, but I'm pushing hard. So you still got another 18 years, 18 years. Well, you make a lot of money and you lose a lot of money. And oh, you make yeah. a lot of money. Is there good money? A lot of money. <laughs> so, Snow removal? Yeah, like people want. I was t- talking to Jason about this earlier. The numbers are large, but the risk. The risk and the profit margins are not as high as people think. You hear a $30,000 snow removal contract, the guy's taking home, like, if he's doing it properly. And he's not cheating, and he's he's showing up every time, doing exactly what the contract after says. After repairs and insurance. After repairs, insurance, and and everything, guys, you know, monitoring whatever it is, he's he's taking home four grand for the season. And and let's and for let's talk about this. Like that, really? Yeah. You're up all night while people are sleeping. It's crazy. It's even a harder job. So is it worth it? I'm one of those sick fucks that likes the cold. You're a vampire. Yeah, I love I love the smell. I love the I love the way it burns your nostrils in the middle of the night. I love to fucking walk out. Somebody likes speed over here. No man, I don't. I, dude, I don't, I don't even do drugs, man. Like for no, real. no, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I like driving around when there's nobody on the roads. It's nice. No, it is nice. You're right. I got a couple of buddies. They do roofing during the day, uh, in the winter. Then when they don't have roofing work yeah uh they work for a few of my other buddies doing plow work they're out all night they love it yeah. they come back they all hang out in the morning for a couple hours and then they go home right yeah same thing again the other thing i, I was killed i actually did a lot less contracting this past summer than i usually do got a lot into the tree work oh nice climbing and stuff like that so I'm insured, I'm insured for tree work too you don't have to be a licensed arborist to cut down trees you don't have to be nope i you thought you did to, wait no, a minute you only have to what be about a, in the city of toronto you have to be a licensed arborist to write a report to remove the trees so i can hire someone for that are you yeah. kidding me no i'm serious i mean I'm, so how many I'm trying, times i've had pl- meetings where they said no 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 you can't touch that you can't touch that we have to get a licensed arborist to write a report but not but they can anybody can touch it after the report's been submitted to the, the i don't cut down trees north, south of newmarket <laughs> Because <laughs> I don't want to deal with that stuff. Well, but. because now south of north of it is larger properties, so you can drop them in, in well, the I, field I, and like so I've had, on. I've, I've, I, I can climb a tree and rig it. My, one of my uncles was a, sat on the board to say what a licensed arborist needs to know to be co- for when it became a trade. He was the third licensed arborist in Ontario. So you got the cleat for the boots. Buddy, I got the spurs. Nice. I got the saddle. I got like, buddy, I got forestry chainsaws. People look at me, they're like, oh, I have a chainsaw like that. I'm like. No, your MS-170 is not an <laughs> MS-261C. Like, <laughs> mine are the kinds that loggers use in the bush. <laughs> yeah, cut big slices, eh? Right? Yeah. That's what you do in the summertime. Well, you know what? I was doing a lot of the contracting. Like, just this year, starting last year, I actually started getting it into a lot. I kind of want to challenge the arborist trade. Like, basically, I, I have the experience, uh, the letter of experience from... You know, different people that I worked with doing our like uh, as like helpers and climbing in trees and stuff. And then I just have to write the exam. So I probably take uh, one of the college courses for like, I don't know everything. You know what I mean? Like I'd have to learn a lot of the mostly the biology and theory behind it to be able to write on write what was on the exam. Is the schooling more about the species of each of the. Yeah, it's like about species, diseases, environment. biology, environment. What about physics? 
they they actually have that in there, but that stuff is like you're better to learn that practical. I don't care what anybody says because mm. because there's so much more. Like you know, you go to I've seen these courses when I was at Humber College for my trade school for electrical. I'm watching these guys cut down trees, and I'm like, man, like you know, if you you can do this so much safer with a with a hundred and twenty dollar piece of equipment, right? Like, and by equipment I mean like just some rigging blocks and stuff like that. Yeah. Like what they'll do is they'll put a twist on a tree like a hitch, and then drop it and let it slide down on the rope yeah yeah you get a, i a, love that a block at the top yeah or, and you can get a it's called a, i forget what it's called it's like a but it's like an anchor at the bottom and you can put wraps on it so the thing isn't heavy for the guy at the bottom he just hold he could hold it with his fingers and it won't drop same way we use a tugger and electrical to pull big uh, cape, uh wires into big conduits throw an extra wrap on it the tiger's got that much more what do they call that a basket right i've only seen these on youtube videos man <laughs> um, I, just so really I, ju- I just cut down 600 trees about two years ago on my property. Yeah, I read the zoning and it said anything under 12 inches you can cut. But I was on conservation. Yeah, so conservation is a whole other ball game as well. So cutting the trees wasn't a problem. The tree police. But what I did was I started pulling the roots with my backhoe. What I found out was you're not allowed to pull the roots. So now I'm in a deal with conservation. It's held me back from the build. I mean, like, my house is in the neighborhood, but it's zoned rural, and it's on conservation wetland. If I want to pull a permit to fart, I have to rezone my property in the town. Georgina is the absolute worst for permits, for anything. Georgina, you, it, I hate it. But that's a good thing in one way. Not it, for you, but... You no, know, well, it's, it's a good thing in one way. For the environment. Way, but it's, it's so... It's, like, so opposite end spectrum, it's actually bad. <laughs> yeah. You know? I also found a guy that uh, he did his own landscaping down at the waterfront. He didn't pull a permit. At the end of the day, they made him pull all the lo- all yeah. the armor stone up. Yeah, it, they got the fire department to do it all. Charged him a fortune, yeah. and all they wanted was some money. And when he paid it, he just got to do it all over again. That's basically all it is. If you're changing the grade when you're doing landscaping and stuff like that, best be think you're pulling a permit. You want to yeah. throw some sod down, and you're not going to change the grade. Especially in conservation, you'll be fine. You could probably get away with it. If you're changing the grade and you're not putting in, you know, um, the the um, the cloth, like the landscape Fla- landscape fabric, yeah, yeah. landscape fabric to stop like sediment running into like yeah. waterways and stuff. Like, I have a neighbor across the street. She sold the house. I helped her clear her lot. We had to wait till a certain time when birds weren't there and stuff because it's conservation. Blackbirds, yeah. Yeah. Why are they so strict? Like, where do they all these strict guidelines come in? After everybody that was wealthy did it, and they went against the rules. Like, no, the wealthy people can still build. If you got the money, you can do it. Yeah, I we were talking about this the other day. They uh, just want the money, dude. Like, I that's mean, all like it they, is. they are trying to preserve it, but if you got the money, they're going to fund their organization. I've heard so that. They can I, be even stricter. I've heard of wealthy clients like being told by these committees that you can't do this, and all of a sudden they just say "fuck you" and here's a check for ten thousand dollars and go away, and they go away yep. per tree. Yeah. Because they don't give a shit. What does it cost to take a tree down now? Fifteen hundred, a thousand? What does it cost to fix your truck when it's broken? So there's no set price. It, well, there's no exactly. set price. You it just started by saying that. Every do I have to climb it? Do I have to rig it? Can I drop it from the ground? You know what I mean? How much rigging is involved? How like my insurance doesn't because I'm not a licensed arborist. My insurance company wouldn't insure me for anything over eighty feet unless there was a licensed arborist on site. Wow. So there is some stipulations to it. Yeah, for, for my tree removal insurance, yes. But yeah. like re- in reality, I'm not dropping 80-foot trees. And if I am, 
like I said, I'm so busy. I don't have time to do an 80 foot tree. That's a whole day job. Yeah. Right. Depending on what type of tree, what it's, what it looks like, stuff like that. Like it's, it's so crazy. Like you can walk up to a tree and one guy will say, you have to do it this way. It, it's like the trades. There's a million ways to skin a cat. How did you find us? <laughs> um, Were you like, you found us like online or like Spotify, Spotify, right? Yeah. Did you type in construction? Cause a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And then we pop up. I listen to a lot of different types of podcasts and yeah, you guys were one of the ones I found. I kind of like to listen to the local ones because like it's more relatable. Like if you listen to an electrical podcast out of the Southern States and there's, they start talking code and stuff. You're like, man, like I know what they're saying. I know what they're talking about, but like really this doesn't apply to me. Like, right. Yeah, They don't have studs. They work with concrete blocks and concrete pours and yeah. Yeah. Which is like 90% of electric commercial. commercial. Anyways. (laughs) So now you're also commercial licensed electrician yeah 309a i actually so maybe i'll talk in the union holy fuck this is the first podcast that we went from snow to trees to electrical what where else are we gonna go uh we (laughs) can go wherever you want dude but you know what this is staying alive this is very realistic totally buddy like i said i don't have a lot of money anymore but uh you know if i liquidated all my trucks they're up because of covid yeah (laughs) so i can make some money but I'd rather just keep rolling it into the business, right? All this stemmed, like Iron Wolf Services started as a contracting company and that's it. Branching out stemmed from my injury. Basically, so I w- it was 2018, I was working at Square One Mall in Mississauga. was pulling uh, light wires, uh, feeds out of light standards from a manhole because we were replacing the light standards. So you worked for the city at the time? No, no. That would have been for the mall. Yeah, through a contractor, through through a general, right? Yeah. Through my con- my. My, con- my the contractor I work for got hired by the general, this and that, whatever. Probably shouldn't name him. <laughs> no, don't say his name. Um, but anyways, uh, they're not a small company. But anyways, uh, like big jobs. Basically, a tester didn't pick up uh, that a wire was live in the bottom. Somebody fed uh. it from a separate source like 10 years before. There were It's a big wires. We don't use morets. It's called a split joint connection. Uh, it's like a bolt that has a slice cut out of the center. I've seen it, it I've then, seen it yeah, before, yeah. Wrap it in rubber tape the size of your fist, then electrical tape, right? So somebody never used the rubber tape, arcing out at the bottom of the hole for like 10 years. I was pulling it out, tester didn't pick up that it was live, it was fed from a separate source. This wire flipped around, locked onto my arm, the split joint burned into my arm, and I fell forward on my knees, smashed my face off a curb, and I was stuck for like, I thought it was like 10 seconds. When you get hit by 347 volts, like your whole body seizes. Time you're lucky you're alive, you man. You can't tell time. Like, I've been hit by 347 small through my fingers and stuff like that before, and it was like, you know, oh, you're shocked for a split second. It feels like 20 minutes, you know? And uh, I was just there. The doctor, I thought it was like 10, 15 seconds. The doctors were like, no, nah, more like 20 to 30 seconds, dude. I had, like, lightning marks on my shoulder. I had holes in my fingers down to the bone. How was the inside? Because the outside is nothing compared to what the burn was inside then. Yeah, 2018, and I'm still getting treated three times a week. How's your heart? Heart was okay. Wow. So you're lucky. Yeah. So uh, basically, I worked the rest of the day. Not right. Yeah. um, Hang on a sec. Worked the next day, and then I went to the (laughs) hospital. And then I went to the hospital that night. You psycho. Yeah. You continued working the rest of the day? Yeah. I was, dude, I was jacked, man. Like, fucking adrenaline's a wild thing. Whoever was in charge in that job site should have just sent you home. And Um, they should have went with you to the hospital. You know what? I don't want to talk about that because I understand the other side. I hope he doesn't hear this podcast. But it's all money. What I hear is going to be all money, what we're going to talk about next. No. No? No money. No money. Am I going to get a knock at the door? 
No. <laughs> like you no, haven't I just, already. I, like, <laughs> I understand what should have happened, but at the same time, I don't blame my foreman for what didn't happen. And that's the reason I kind of just sit back and fly low. And this, everybody's like, oh, you should sue. You should sue. I'm not suing. If I sue, I'll never work in the tra- industry again. You'll be blacklisted. I'll blame, like I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll have my license and I can do private jobs and that's it. Like, right? I don't get to work on those big ass projects that are cool and do this and do that. Right? That's why I love the trade. I get to do so many different things as an electrician. The trade is so vast. But how are you inside? Like, you're um, still, you're still going through things. Like, yeah. Does in, nobody's I had asking my, you if you're okay out of those people? I had mild traumatic brain damage. Basically, even now, the, the, I have like a team of seven doctors that treats me. They're like, your body's like stuck in fight or flight mode. So it keeps like tensing up and like going into like this curl. I have to get my body reset like every week. And how is that reset? It's basically through like, now when I say massage, it's like not massages like you're thinking of. It's like uh, physio and RMT and stuff like that. And like, it hurts. <laughs> I, I do that myself. I get yeah. He tortures me for Buddy, an hour. We're talking like put their heel on my yeah. hip and fucking grab my shoulder and pull. And this is what, for the rest of your life? The doctors aren't saying that, but it might be. Like, I don't know. The doctors haven't said haven't said that, but they're recommend they're they're starting to look at long term. This is the second time I'm gonna show some of my balls. <laughs> oh buddy, those are hairy. So so honestly so honestly, what you're going through in the torture, I can't pay for. I can't keep paying for that weekly. So I have to torture myself. Yeah. So I put this against the wall or on the floor. Yeah. I hit those muscles that are tensing up that aren't relaxing. Yeah. I loosen them, relax them, and then I tighten up other muscles again. Yeah. And this is a daily ritual. So for I, the I, listeners I, I, right now, Carlito is holding on to his cork ball. I have different size cork balls. Yeah. This is the for first time I've tolerance. ever seen have, Carlito's cork ball. And this ball. is an elbow. This is an elbow going into your, your tendons and yeah. muscles. Cork so ball. I have, uh, I have to stretch for like... 20, 30 minutes every morning. Yeah. Every day. Well, it's a good thing to stretch to begin with, but you're doing it because of yeah. the accident, right? Sometimes I have to stop and stretch at work. I have a foam roller. I can say basically the same idea as your cork ball. So what would have been the subtle... Okay, so if it was just taped with rubber, would have been avoided? No. No? Yeah. It would have? There's, there's a multiple factors that went into that, but... And this is just someone ahead of you and just it they didn't do it they didn't it just didn't yep. think about it at the time probably somebody running a job didn't have tape didn't want to walk back to the trailer or get it or walk back to the lay down with all the material and get it just i'll wrap it with a couple extra extra wraps of tape and it'll be fine so normally i see those i think i see those connections wrapped in lead right and no. then the rubber no no you're thinking of splices okay this is like uh it, it's like imagine like a just a regular bolt and it's hollow in the center like it's got like a slice cut out of the middle. You sl- you put the wires in there, and then you put the nut on top, and it squeezes those wires together, and you tighten it super tight. Just like on a transformer. Yeah, kind of like a lug. Yeah. You it, it basically is a lug, but it's a bolt, right? Yeah. And uh, were you wearing FR when that happened? FR. Fire rated, uh, hi- Toronto like like hydro clothes. No, no, no. No, because you're not technically using. You're not. Exp- you're not, not. You're thinking of high voltage. Stuff. Yeah, like okay, live. so that wouldn't melt to your skin or anything then. Yeah, you're thinking about like uh, when you're doing a meter base and you got the live wires, yeah. right? Yeah. No, I just wanted to find out if it like burned to your well, flesh or anything. No, no, no. We wear we we just wear cotton. Okay. Right. Like, that's what you're supposed to do. Just anyways, stuff that's underneath. not going to melt if you get an arc flash or something. So yeah. now these days, when you're doing similar tasks on a commercial site, triple check, like double checking, triple no. check. No. Buddy, Still what root. happened to me was a freak accident. Like, okay. Period. Like, and that's why I don't 
like, fault. So, yeah, like, I wasn't licensed at the time. I was supposed to write my license. My hours were up in 2017 after I did my last trade school. The union was basically um, telling me that I needed more. Wouldn't tell me why I couldn't write. Finally, they did. I called them, like, twice a month for a year. Uh, I had to sign up for I need two hours of coursework. Then I, w I signed up for this course. Before I went to the course, I got hit. Went to this course, basically walked around the, the hallways of Humber College <laughs> for, for a weekend. But before that, I walked into their office all messed up, and I'm like, don't clear me. I'm, like, having trouble reading, barely write. Like, a I remember writing the incident report at work. It took me, like, two hours to write a, a paragraph. Wow. Mm. And um, they ended up clearing me to, to write my test. So now I have three months to write my test. And I couldn't. Dude, I had, like, dementia. I would go for a drive to go do something. And, and you forgot. And I would end up in North Bay. How did I get here? What? For real, dude. I would have a conversation with you. I would ask you a question. You'd answer the question. I'd ask you the same question. You'd answer the Like, I was, like, that bad. How long ago was the accident? 2018. 2018. August 28th. So recent. Yeah. It's got to be great with relationships. Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what <do> you Dating <laughs> advice from Carlito. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just getting, trying to make make some light of it. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, Giancarlo, just like thank I, you so much for sharing it. And, yeah, and like the, the the reason I want to talk about this. So, anyways, I ramped up this business after I was cleared for work full time. Okay. So that if ten years down the road this thing comes back to bite me in the ass and nobody's going to support me, I got the business. Yes. Right. You built like, something. Yeah. I I sold all my tree climbing gear when I got hit. I sold all my saws for tree removal. I sold a bunch of stuff because like it was hard. Like I almost had to sell my house and I'm going to be honest, like my mother is like, uh, she was a financial van, uh, financial advisor, bank manager. Like, well, that's why you're so smart. Yeah. If, if it wasn't <laughs> for her helping me out while I was down, my house would be gone. I'm glad that you said that because a lot of people take that big leap, but then something happens. Yeah. So and you need that support around you in yeah. your life, man. Shout out to my mom for <laughs> for paying my mortgage when I wasn't working for a while. But then I also had mortgage insurance that I forgot about because I could barely like I would go outside. My truck would be running in the driveway, all four doors open like, hmm, I wonder how long that's been there. My neighbors just started turning it off and putting the keys on the deck. Wow. Right. So my mom said, you bought mortgage insurance like it's on your bill for your mortgage every month. Did you claim that? Did you put an, uh, a claim in? And I said, what are you talking about? So she got the paperwork for me. I filled it out. Got a check for, for all the money my mother paid towards my mortgage. Went straight back to her. Wow, that's nice. fantastic Net story. zero, right? So, you know, I didn't make any money. I didn't have it. Like, it was a big check, right? It was about a year she was paying my mortgage for me. I Lucky. Mean, I don't know what to say. Like, Yeah, no, that's fantastic to have that. Yeah. I'm so very lucky. 2018, you have the accident, you're getting licensed, all this stuff's going on. I, I didn't get my license till this June. Till this because June. Because of COVID kicked in. So I was finally ready to write. Oh my God. And then COVID for two years, book a test, canceled. Book a test, canceled. We're not booking. I drove to Kitchener to write my test. Got an 89 first try. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> now, Good what's, for the, you. what's the pass? 80? Uh, pass is a 60. Red Seal is, I forget. But right I'm Red now. Seal. I got my Red Seal. Yeah. So it never scared you from doing what you were doing? No, it didn't stop me. It actually probably made you... I mean, like, I got diagnosed with PTSD, uh, like a bunch of mental disorders, which were all related to my brain damage. I just wanted to keep moving forward, man. I wanted... To, like, I had, like, you know... Well, you need PTSD if you're running this many businesses. <laughs> <laughs> 
I do I do ten things better than I do one. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, I'm all good now. So is everything? Yeah, everything's starting to get better now. Buddy, I just head down, head strong, keep going, like just push, man. That's what I'm doing. I want to reach that goal. Like 45. 45, buddy. You know, at least three, four properties, a triplex or something like that. Yeah. Now we're talking. Business on the side. Is it going to be hard for you to hand off to snow remover? Or is it just going to be easy? Like, here, take the trucks, take everything. Here no, you go. You'll gone. have guys by then. Uh, no, yeah. I'm, I'm looking. You guys want to buy in or what? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a registered uh, indigenous business in the Canadian uh, the indigenous wow. business directory because I'm half native. Oh, so nice. I get a lot of offers okay. for big contracts. Not just like in contracting and stuff. The government sends me offers for government contracts before they uh send them out to public. they send them out to the public i'm sure somebody else wow. listening might buy in right that's but, amazing well, attractive now i have to own 50.1 percent. like i can't name a name i had to sign a bunch of ndas three quarter of a million dollars snow removal contracts for next year that i'm most likely going to get good for you man so i'm crossing my fingers and uh if i get those it'll either sink the business or it'll put me ahead 20 years wow. and make turn that 18 years into how are you preparing for that how can you prepare for that I have, for me, it's like, I'm not going to buy, for example, one of them needs a loader for sure with a 14-foot snow pusher minimum. And we're talking like a, a John Deere 555 or whatever it is. I forget. I'm reading the subtitles again, man. Farm tractor. <laughs> yeah, basically a <laughs> front tractor. Fr- no, no, a loader. Like yeah. what you see in so like shopping malls and stuff. You guys can communicate. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can buy a, a well-used one that can be, be fixable for... 250K for that thing? Brand new. Whoa. You can find a used one that's like 10, 15 years old, 40K with a snow pusher, but, or you can rent it for anywhere from like, I have a couple buddies that'll rent them to me for like two, three grand a month. You're looking at like five to eight a month for a regular rental from somebody you don't know. And then 40K in fuel for the year. Then but the fuel is amazing on these things. My buddy has one. The new ones are. And he says it takes a drop an hour. Yeah, idling. It's crazy. <laughs> and the thing is super quiet. Buddy, it's idle, a cat though. Ad, uh, on idle. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at 11, 11 liters an hour, or That's oh, sorry, eleven gal- eleven gallons an hour when it's moving. Idling, they don't burn shit. So it's like, do I buy one because it's going to cost me the same to buy a used one to that to rent it? If you buy it, you're going to uh, start another business. Can't do that. Can you? No, do that? but that's the kind of character you have. Once you buy something and it yeah. starts doing one thing, it starts doing two things. Yeah, right? like I'd probably rent it out in the summer. I'm using one of my buddy's yards in. Uh, I guess it, it's right by my house. Uh, I'm picking up some concrete blocks. I'm going to save about nine thousand dollars buying my salt in bulk using the skid steer there, loading my own trucks, and it's available on tap. So nine thousand for the whole year. For the whole year, it's going to save me between season. labor and cost of salt. What's salt go and for running these days? out of salt? In Georgina, you can get it at one place. LaRue's, he's open. He's only open like business hours. Uh, you're looking at a buck seventy a ton. Okay. If you go down to Newmarket, there's a Lafarge yard. They claim to be open 24 hours. They only open when there's snow events. You're looking at a buck 35 a ton. But it's also an hour drive down there from so my guys. It's not worth it at right? that point, yeah. And then when they're not open and LaRue's isn't open, I have to go to Newmarket to the main salt depot. Like, because the salt people has multiple locations for a buck thirty-five a ton. If I buy it in bulk, delivered, they'll, it's anywhere from. I've had people telling me they're going to get me contacts right now for seventy-five bucks a ton delivered, all the way up to a hundred and fifteen dollars a ton delivered. Why so cheaper? Like that's dramatically different. I have no idea. My buddy explained the salt game. Basically, people spend two million dollars buy a, a boat of salt. 
when they buy it, it costs them like 40, 50 bucks a ton. And then they just, it's the docking fees to keep the boat at the port. Yeah. And they have to constantly truck it out. And the longer it's been there, the more expensive the salt gets. Don't quote me on that. That's what I've been No, doing. I just, I don't know shit about salt, man. When do you use salt, sand, or the environmentally friendly melt? I, I, I really? Just, I just like to say that I have uh, insurance for contamination of the Lake Simcoe. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. That's one of my one of the things I've added on because a lot of my commercial properties are lakeside resorts. Wow. And so you technically you're not allowed to use salt or you're still allowed to use it? No, you're allowed to use it, but only up to certain amounts. I don't want them to come back and say, oh, you did this, 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 and this. It's like... Do you do a mix then? No, I use... so. I, I go by precipitation. Like regular salt's good for I think up to minus forty. Anything colder than that, you're looking at. You want to use ice melter. It's good for more. Or I think salt is good for minus twenty. I don't remember. I have to look it up. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think pretty it's much, lower too in the yeah, salt. Yeah, it's like minus twenty for salt, and then you need ice melter for like up to minus forty or sixty, whatever it is. There, there's so many different products. It all really depends where you go and what you're buying. When you're using salt, do you ever hear? Uh Anyone trying to sue you for cracked concrete or nope, oh, damage to surfaces? It's all in my contracts. Like we do, literally the words are, we do our best to protect and preserve your landscaping and your property, but there's certain things that we can't do. Like we're dropping a 3,000 pound blade on your concrete and dragging it. You it's going to leave a scratch. It's going to scratch. It's going to tear. Now for the curbs, I do have my shovelers always do a strip along the curbs, but that's more for me protecting my plow. I don't want to run it against the side of a curb, right? But then it's also faster for the guys. You got one of those rear plows now, one no, in the front and I one in the back. Those things, man. I, I was, I saw one. There's one for sale right now for six grand. What do you mean a rear? There's a plow on the back of them. Yeah, yeah. You mount the, you mount it on the back. It's for residential. You go in and then it spreads out the whole length of the driveway and it drops and you take the whole driveway at once. Now, that's pretty cool. And you back in, drop it, and then pull it instead yeah. of like yeah. coming in forward. You still have to push it off to the side. Yeah. But I don't know, man. Like in Georgina, there's not, it's not a, like there's a couple areas that are cookie cutter homes, but there's not a lot of, most of it's like custom driveway. Like they're, they're custom. It's all different sizes. It's not consistent. different. Yeah, okay. All yeah, right. Jewel like, stone and. Yeah, it's like everything. There's a yeah. mix of absolutely everything. You'll see a cottage. Like my house isn't big. It's like. A, 1200 square foot bungalow from 1959 that's all you need right? man just a then, big garage then across the street two doors down there's like a, a fucking 400 mansion <laughs> 400 <laughs> uh, 4000 square foot house you know what i mean like just the way it goes right so <laughs> there's no one set like yeah if you're in the neighborhoods those things will do well but for me like i do a lot of farms too for for service calls it all depends like it has an application for for me i don't see it being as useful as it should be but they're they're pretty cool yeah, no, I, w I wanted to s hear about it because uh, I saw them online and I was like, that is perfect. There's, I just wanted to see how yeah, good it was. Yeah, there's one for, for sale for 6500 bucks right now in Milton, I think. I'm looking for a truck with a plow <laughs> for 6500 <laughs> I can make that happen. What wow. else you want to share there, sir? Just really quickly about the uh, about the injury side. Like, I don't think that, I think that people, especially in commercial construction, you know, they don't want to talk about injuries. They don't want to report it. The WSIB, this and that. The company's going to come after you. Like, it is what it is, man. Do you want, do you want, uh, do you want the company to, to, to not come after you? Because I guarantee you when they're low on work, they're not going to keep you because of that. Don't be a hero because nobody really cares. Right? Do in your, commercial. In commercial. Do your job. 
do it well, take pride in your work, you're just a number. So you We've have heard to look out. You We've have to look out for yourself, man. Yeah. You have to look out for yourself. I like I had a a, a a buddy at work. He hurt his back this week. I'm like, dude, go home, go to physio, go get that shit fixed. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're gonna make it worse for like who knows six later months later on. And later it, on, it like, might trickle to like a decade. Of, yeah, exactly. Of, of basically chronic pain. Right. Why do you want that? You don't want that. Yeah, man. So get it treated. Even if you don't report the injury, don't report it. Still take the time off work and go get that taken care of. Because oh, yeah. you're going to screw yourself, man. Like, I'm there. The left side of my body is 65 years old now. I was curious. How was it dealing with WSIB? Are they, that good, huh? Are okay. They, uh, <laughs> are they listening? <laughs> uh, I, we want to get them on the show, which will be pretty entertaining. They have policies, and that's it. Okay. They don't care about scenarios. They don't care about anything. This is our policy. This is what you get. I'm lucky because my union gave me a, a, a lawyer, and he handled. I was getting 500 bucks a month for the first, Holy I don't know, cow. four or five, six months. Then they hooked me up with this lawyer, and he's like, no, 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 no. You're back paying him for what you really owe him, and now you pay him what he's entitled to based on your insurance policies. So your union had to go after... The WSIB, yeah, for legitimate injury, yeah. I have a medical medical record like this. But th this is the purpose of WSIB, isn't it? Like WSIB is here. WSIB wants to get you back to work, period. Yeah, they don't care about your health. They just don't want to lose money. They, they, the doctors were saying if I had consistent treatment from day one, I would have gotten better so much faster than I than I did. WSIB would go. I'd have to bug them, go after them, send the lawyer after them to approve my treatment that the doctors they sent me to were recommending. My treatment's up at the end of November. Guarantee you it's going to be three months before I can get back into treatment again. Before, because of their paperwork, their Because policies. of the way they do it. I, I found a really good way to do it for anybody listening. Mm. If the doctors send reports into WSIB and they haven't approved your treatment, they haven't approved whatever it is, Call them, ask the person on the phone to read the report word for word. Then you talk to your case manager or the nurse consultant that they give you assigned to your case. Ask them to re read the report word for word, and they'll, they'll do whatever, whatever the report says. So my wife got an injury. She was in a garage, and the garage spring broke while she was at work. It smashed her teeth out of her mouth and dislocated her jaw, knocked her right out on, on her ass. Yeah. Knocked right out. Someone found her unconscious. She has had such a struggle to get paid. Like, this is obvious that she's not faking this when your teeth are dangling in your mouth. You know what I mean? Your gums are white. There's no blood in them. And she has nothing but problems with them. Like, she's chasing dude, them all the dude, time for treatment, man. Get, it's get, awful. Get a lawyer. For real. But, well, she did. And it did change some things. But it's still, it's still a, a, a mission. Even I know with the lawyer, it's hard, man. Still, yeah. though? Yeah. Like, right now, WSIB said that they're not going to approve. Right now, my company, I'm working in Mississauga. I'm in, the, I'm in my truck commuting for four hours a day from my house. For right? work. For work. There's other stuff that I'm not going to talk about on the show because I don't want to get fired. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> right? Of course not. That You'll I tell us off about, mic. That's all. Right? That's fine. But um, I'm working four hours in, in com commuting a day between the morning and the afternoon, minimum. If there's an accident, sometimes I've, I've six hours a day, 
sometimes. So why such a long commute? Why not? There's no work up there or that's that, okay. I yeah. get it. I get it. Okay. Um, WSIB will not approve time off for me to go to my treatment. So I was missing my treatment so that I could pay my bills. In turn, I was getting, my body was not cooperating, missing a day of work, two days of work, three days of work, going to treatment on those days that I missed because, you know, having trouble even sitting in the truck to go down to treatment. So I decided, so I told that to the, my doctor. He goes, okay, you're taking a day off from work. WSIB is going to cover it. You're going to go to your treatment. WSIB said, no, you've been back at work full time. You have no restrictions. I said, I have no restrictions, really. I go, like, these case managers don't read your file. They go by the policies, and they don't read the details of your file, so they don't approve the right things. I'm Good technically not medically cleared to go be back at work unless I'm receiving my treatment. But WSIB thinks that the treatment is, WSIB thinks I'm cleared, I've been cleared to return to work, and the treatment is just extra for me to get better. No, I haven't been, and try explaining that to them. The doctor changed his wording in the report to them, this and that, and it's their doctor. They sent me there. So what's the point of WSIB then? I have no idea. 13%. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and, and, and the billions of dollars in surplus for a business that's, I guess, just throwing money at the overhead, right? In tw- since 2018, I've had like more than 10 different case managers. I would like to do something different right now. So I think it's time for yeah. a little bit of Carlito's Green Book talk. No, I thought we were going to do construction <laughs> bone. <laughs> oh, I thought, you know, we can do bone. Let's do bone. Actually, do you have a bone to pick? Because it sounds like you have a few. But <laughs> it's hard because a lot of this stuff I, I can't talk about, man. No, I know. So save it for when the mics are off. Yeah. Tell us later on. Well, give us a construction bone you want to talk about. Just a Something general you bone. Hate in landscaping, tree removal, or in electrical. Honestly, for my own side of the business, I hate dealing with the customers. Like, no, not, not, that I, not that I hate dealing with the customers. I don't like dealing with certain types. Like, I'll talk to somebody for five minutes. I already know we're not doing business. You already get the sense of it. I already know, right? <laughs> we're not doing business. <laughs> like, that's the good thing about my company. I don't have so to. So what is that sign that you know? Just what? the way they talk to you, the way they treat you, how they go about talking about what they want done. Like they have all the answers. They know everything and you're not supposed ju- to do it their way. Not just that. It's about you can tell this person's going to ask me to do a bunch of extras and not pay for it. Or this person like you've been here, you know, you're, you're here. It'll take you five minutes. This and that. Yeah, I hear that all the time. Like, no, no. It charged two fifty to hang a door and they want four of those done for free. Yeah. For example, I had a. I had a customer that I worked with. Um, it was my buddy's father-in-law, very wealthy person. Gave me the impression that he would hook me up with a lot of work. His son-in-law did, my buddy. He would hook me up with a lot of work for very important people if I cut him a deal. Boathouse, blew out a block wall, cut the board batten on the outside, put in a, a man door because the way the property was laid out, there was no access to that side. You had to walk up the property and around the back down to the dock. So I did that. 1400 bucks. That's right. it? That's exactly. So once I blew out that block wall. That's there, a $14,000 job, by the way. I, w- I would call it nine. Okay. Right? But I'm from Toronto. Yeah. 14. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I would call that a, a $9,000 job. But it became a $14,000 job because once it was, it, was, it was a floating exterior wall. It was a balloon wall. 
They didn't pour the foundation straight. Oh, no. So when I went to cut open, I had to custom frame the opening for this door Uh-oh. and build... Footings? Uh-oh. Not even... I didn't do the footings. I actually put ledger boards on, on the foundation and built like something that'll... Because sl- the balloon wall wasn't tied in either. It was moving. Oh, my right? God. And it was 18 inches on one side and 26 inches on the other side. That it was like complete custom, so I ended up charging him an extra. extra I don't call that custom. <laughs> an, a, a, an extra, an extra thousand dollars, and he, he's like, "You're bending me over a barrel." I'm like, "What are you talking about, man?" I'm like, "You know what? I, I, you know, I said, I, I encourage you to go get other quotes just to finish the job and tell me that. Oh, I can't. I don't have time. This and that. You know what, man? They'll all be the same numbers, man. Like they're gonna be twice, yeah. like twenty six hundred bucks for a for a fucking door with a balloon wall blowing out, getting rid of the block up yeah. and down hills and shit like that. Like I'm bending you over a barrel. I ended up <laughs> he was happy as shit. Like he loved it. Like the he loved it. I fucking did nice uh, finished pine on the inside, and I made it so basically the exterior of the wall could move, but it was covered by some trim. So if the when balloon it expanded, walls, yeah, if it expanded or contracted with the seasons, the door was still stable. The framing was stable, and you could you wouldn't see it because of the, the way I did it, right? I ended up doing some other work for him. <laughs> he he wanted to pull water from the lake to to water the grass at the bottom. Uh, so he had that smells illegal, right? No, 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 it's not. Okay, completely legal. All right. So he had his city folk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he had his um, he had his sprinkler guy. No way. Se- setting everything up. So he calls me. He's like, "Listen, man." I want to get you to wire up this motor. I'm like, okay, I'm not buying wire. I'm not buying a breaker until I see the motor. He goes, no, 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 just, just do it. Eight times I told him that. If I, eventually, I'm like, okay, whatever, sure. So I call the sprinkler guy, tells me, 12-amp motor, single phase, 15-amp breaker. Cool. Something's not right. Like, I've done a lot of these. This is not the proper motor for this. So I, I bought the 15-amp breaker, but I put in wire for, <laughs> for a 30-amp. Because I, I had a feeling, right? You, you knew, I knew what was coming. Right? I get a call one day after work on the way home, and he goes, the fucking power's off in the boathouse. It's your fault, this and that. I'm not the electrician. I'm not fixing it. Like I, I'm like, you probably just have to reset a breaker. I show up, look at it. Fucking 30-amp motor, buddy. A motor that needs a 30-amp breaker. The guy who supposedly knows how to hook it up, which was his sprinkler guy, not an electrician, <laughs> put a fucking 30 amp motor on a 15 amp breaker and blew the fucking main breaker to the, in the house for the boathouse. Oh, oh, wow. eh? Right. So what I did was, and he was, he, he, when he called me, he was a dick on the phone. I said, I'm like, you know what? This guy hasn't given me any work in a year and a half for anybody else. I've been doing stuff on the cheap for him. Fuck this shit. I said, how many times did I tell you I wanted to see this stuff before? Oh, I don't recall that. Of course you don't. But I told you eight fucking times to your face. Right, so I went, I fixed it, I put the 30 amp breaker in, and I sent him a text message. It read, "Your 30 amp breaker's in. It's in the. It's left off. I'm not turning it on. You can take that risk yourself because I didn't wire the motor." I go, "You can turn it on yourself, or you can get your sprinkler fitter electrician uh, to turn it on for you." How many sprinkler electricians do you know? I don't know any sprinkler guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> so I guess it's working. I guess it worked. Or he got the sprinkler guy to take care of yeah. it. But no relationship anymore. No, I don't. I could give less of a fuck, man. I, I wonder if to, his uh, panel does the sound like. You know, it's funny you say that because I'll tell you the voltage drop at that panel is like fucking like 9%. Like whoever did that did it wrong. 
like what? when it was installed like you're only allowed to have i think four percent voltage drop from the road so at like nine what is it the wire's not big enough yeah the wire's not big enough it's like 400 meters from the fucking road wow this is uh this has been an interesting show <laughs> this has been a great show I'm, I'm so glad that you reached out to us we gotta we gotta wrap it up but what want, we have to wrap it up but do you want to do you want to do green book uh, sure. Let's shoot. Green let, let's do one just off my head because we were. This Go has ahead. been such an insurance. You're familiar it, with this? The what, green book. Yeah. What is the fine for not having insurance on your job site? Oh, that's a good one. I probably should know this, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. Okay, you. I have. No, there is. There is no fine. Can you believe that? You don't need. But, do you need insurance? But really? what happens is, if you're not corporate or eliminated, uh, eliminated. Um, you automatically can get sued and lose your house and everything you but there's own. No yeah, but that's if, that's if they come after you. Like, for example, Iron Rule Services is an incorporation operating as. Yes. Right? And I did that because, like I said, I'm afraid of getting sued. So that's what my insurance is for. It's in case somebody sues me personally because if I if my incorporation gets sued, I'll just close it, open up another yeah, that's company what I did. tomorrow operating as because you know yeah. what? I, I know in my, on my side, I did my job. Somebody wants to come after it, come after it. That's, they can still personally people. sue me, but that's what my insurance is for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so unfortunately, because I was doing a whole bunch of research about all this stuff, that you have to have insurance. So that's why before you start the job, you're actually supposed to present your the insurance. Pr- the proof. Yeah. But for the people that aren't accepting your insurance, there is no fine. But the liability of getting sued and losing your everything in your in your home. Or your or your uh, wife and kids basically after you get sued, insurance companies will not give insurance under two million now. That's the, the that's minimum. My that's the minimum. Is two yeah. So that's just the start of it all. It's unfortunate to, for me to say that on air, but I just felt like because we were talking about insurance so much, I wanted to see if anybody knew that, and it was really a eye opener to know that you could really run with no insurance. As long as Isn't nothing that happens, that's, that's, scary. that's how all the guys undercut. I've quoted a job, nine hundred bucks a month, right, for a parking lot. Okay. Uh, came out to what? What is that? Thirty six hundred for six months, mm-hmm. something like that. Don't have my calculator. <laughs> Bad at mental math now these days. Brain damage and stuff. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, somebody came in. Or sorry, no, that's it's like it's like uh, fifty seven hundred. Okay. Right or whatever it is. Somebody came in at three grand for the year. How? Buddy, that's the cost of salt for the fucking year. So it's a guy running no insurance. He's not going to show up and service when he should. Yeah. Right. And one more thing. And one more thing to that insurance. Uh, yeah. Shoot. The next thing that happens is if there is an accident, not only will you as the contractor get sued, but the homeowner or the pe- people yeah, in charge the- will get sued. Everybody gets sued. Yeah. Sl- slip and fall. They sue the contractor. They sue the property owner. They sue the business who's running in that property. So That's they're just suing just to try to get as many pockets as possible. Well, then they well, need to get ready for the sue they're going to get from whoever else. There's right? also counter sue, right? But yeah. Jason actually had a good question. Um, do most people prefer plows or blowers? It depends. If I'm doing snowbank relocation on a small scale, I won't even run a, a loader or anything like that. I'll just put a snowblower on the back of a tractor and back it right up. <laughs> If it's not going too far. That's what I use at the farm. Um, blower, blowers, yeah. blowers are good for walkways and stuff sometimes. It, it all depends because, like, depending what kind of blower, like, you can get a, a $10,000 commercial blower. Or you can use a $500 Canadian Tire one, right? But a big thing that's coming into the industry, like, personally, I'll use a blower. Depend. It all depends, really. It's all s- 
based on the scenario, what you want to work for you, what you're expecting, right? It's like, um, would you use an impact gun or a drill? Well, depending what you're doing, right? Yeah, the task. Yeah, a lot of things that are coming in right now are actually these little machines that are like miniature sidewalk plows that like walk behind bobcats, but they're actually plows. And people are going fucking crazy for these things, man. I just love landscaping equipment, man. Buddy, it's the best. Yeah. It's I so t- much fun. I totally want to get... I, I On the farm, that's all I do is landscaping. And I, I my wife always says, why don't you just do that for a living because you're doing it here? I mean, there's just... So it's only six months of the year. I guess eight months of the year. No, there's year. always something to do in landscaping. Like yeah, you said, usually do. the winter for me is trees. Yeah, tree removal runs in the winter too. Snow buddy. and trees in the winter. And then it's the well, maintenance. because the trees are all dormant at that time. It's the best time, right? Um, no? No, for me, for, for well, I, I'm not sure about that, but for me, it's more like emergency emergency tree removal. Got in the it. Winter, okay. Right? Like yeah. people's like, oh, this tree's fucking full of ice. Now it's going to fall. And fall on land on Yeah, it. like right now is a great time. Like leaves just finished, fertilizing just finished, right? Small cleanups. You want to do another segment? <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to say one more thing. We got this whole thing. format thing. Like, we're trying yeah. to get a format thing. Go well, ahead. I, I, wanna I, wanna say, I just want to say something about the blower and, Go ahead, and yeah. the plow. I'm a, I'm a plower. <laughs> hey, never saw that one coming, eh? <laughs> you got to do a new segment called Manny's Balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we going to do this or no? Because I have a funny feeling it's you have the answer. history with Manny. I, I think Giancarlo is going to answer this one. I totally think it is. What are the five types of construction? In what regards? Like uh, categorized, categorizations of okay, construction. Okay, industrial, commercial, residential, high-rise residential, maybe. Or so there's residential, institutional, commercial, specialized industrial, infrastructure, and heavy construction. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So you were on you were on the path to doing that, yeah, but I, I would call it like word it differently, but yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that's sure. what I, that's what I cut. Now, um, what is type one? Of construction, type one. Type one structures are what? I'm not sure. Like what? Like steel buildings? Well, type one structures are constructed of concrete and protected steel, steel yeah. coated yeah. with fire resistant materials. So I guess that's mostly, most of the most mostly commercial industrial. Yeah, mostly that, Galvian. Yeah, that's, that's what it is, right? And then there was Spray another on. one uh, of I guess um, five different types of construction. There's so many different types of whatever. Fire resistant, non combustible, ordinary, heavy timber, and wood framed. I love that heavy timber, buddy. Oh, so sexy, eh? Buddy. On a rainy day in <laughs> the smell? wood? Yeah. Buddy, I can't even... Oh, I would do my whole house. I'd vault it. Fucking well, when you're 45, beam. dude. I can do it in styrofoam and make it look like wood. That's <laughs> fascinating. Actually, side note, I'm going to plug my girl, my girlfriend's uh, father's company. He's actually a very large permawood solariums. Why does that sound familiar? He's been around forever, buddy. But well, I, I, gotta, I, it sounds familiar. I like the way he said that. He's very large. <laughs> and this has been Manny's Balls <laughs> Alright, Giancarlo yeah. We got one more segment to do The 10 questions of construction You ready for this? Let's go I love that you found us, man It's just like, I love it I love it I actually was listening I, I love that you're so well-rounded Yeah, yeah I, I was listening I really enjoyed the podcast With the, the guy you're having back The bricklayer from Montreal Danny Danny Doska Buddy, that guy is fucking awesome <laughs> You're gonna love him you're and gonna then, love him. Uh, he's on. He's on uh, tonight at ten o'clock. Yeah, I, I saw that. I was like, mm, should I show up again or what? <laughs> <laughs> it's my do it. My girlfriend's birthday party today. It's not gonna. No, happen. no, no. Don't do it. Forget don't do it. it. I just want to be divorced. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. What is your favorite construction word? Land. Land. Like when we're when we're working in uh, like I, I would say like cells like uh, for like 
distribution switch gear stuff. I love it when somebody says, "We gotta land this, these, land these got wires." Got it. I got like it. You gotta tie it in, tie tie it in, or land it. Fuck that. It's like, yeah, man, let's do this. Because you, <laughs> usually you're dealing with like 750 MCM cables like this or wires like this, and you, oh, that shit so scares much. me, man. Buddy, it's so rewarding. You're wrestling these things. You get it in. It looks mint. <laughs> what is your least favorite construction word? Claim. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> what turns you on in construction? Good looking, good looking like uh, like when people like do such good work and you're looking at it, you're like fuck. Good quality. That, like the quality of this is like. Who did that? Who did that? That's yeah. fucking good. Yeah. What turns you off in construction? When you look at it and you said, "Who the fuck did that?" <laughs> <laughs> when you're looking at something like, no, no, I have a theory in my head, like you. I have, Who the fuck did that? <laughs> I have a theory in my head, like you really can't talk shit, especially in commercial construction, about the way something's done because you weren't there when it was in construction. Yes, yes. You don't know what was going on around. What if they had no material and they were on a deadline yes. or what? Whatever the causes that they had to do it like that, right? Like, such as my injury, right? Like, yeah. Whatever reason he didn't do it, right? I don't blame anybody for it it's a freak accident right but i still look at stuff and i'm like holy fuck man <laughs> <laughs> i don't I, like who the fuck did that right what is your favorite curse word fuck <laughs> what is your favorite vehicle could be any vehicle in the world uh chrysler my my uh my favorite vehicle in the world i have a 1992 w250 12 valve cummins with an eight inch lift on 35s what? That I have stripped down to the frame right now. I started doing it before I got injured. Then I got injured. I didn't touch it. It sat outside. And uh, now I just got a patch in the roof, put the glass in, paint it, and wow. build a custom interior. Nice. And that like was my dream truck since I was a kid. Nice. And uh, it's just fucking rotten away outside, but it's most of it's primed. <laughs> so what is your least favorite vehicle? A six-liter Ford. Thank God it wasn't a 6.4. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? I don't know, man. That's a hard one. Like Any sound? Like, just the sound of, like, because that's the difference. That's the difference, too, is, like, in my mind when we talk construction, like, even though I do the contracting myself, you, for me, when I'm working myself, a, a basement or a, or a kitchen or a bathroom, right? Like, I don't consider that construction like I consider commercial construction. You know what I mean? So... I would say the sound that I like the most for commercial construction is just like the sound of iron workers working in the morning on some on a rebar slab. Yeah, that's kind of nice. Like you hear it walk, like it's just like kind of like it's like an ocean in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, true. You know what I mean? But not up there, like down on the ground while they're up on the slab and you can hear it. And it's like, fuck, that sounds pretty cool. What construction sound or noise do you hate? I hate it when fucking people are chipping in my ear or fucking cutting concrete in my ear. It's or harsh. It, when the fucking lifts are fucking bouncing their, their fucking beat their uh, alarms off the fucking walls and it's so loud and you're just trying to concentrate. That's one thing I really struggle with now is like, sounds sounds fuck me up bad now. It's not you. You're not. It's not just you. I mean, it's sound in construction is big. The older you get, the more time you spend in construction, the more you realize that sound is an issue. Buddy, what, on fr half day Fridays, a lot of people don't show up. I mean, I'm not working Fridays now because I go to my treatment. Yeah. But that's uh, usually electricians' days off. Well, yeah, like we ha we need coverage on the on the job I'm on, so we're there. It's so quiet on a Friday. It's fucking. It's awesome. It's nice, right? It's awesome. <laughs> what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? I'd like to. I don't know, man. I've tried. I'm trying everything. Yeah, now. Like, that's what I, you come across everything. Like I'd man. like to. I'm. I'm working towards challenging the Arbor's exam. 
Yeah, I'm gonna that's try sick, that. man. Good for uh, you. I want to get like nine trade licenses. Holy That's what cow. I want to go after. Just to have them. And you're so young still. Well, because people tell me like, my dad, people say, you're an electrician. What do you know? Buddy, I've been on jobs like, and, and that's another thing. I've never, I, I haven't never officially run a job, right? But I've, as an, I don't know if I could say this, but as an apprentice, like I was the guy on a job by myself, called for material, did the foreman's meetings. Yep. Foreman goes, tell everybody your license. Like it is what it is. But I, like I, I listened to one where you had two electricians and stuff and I'm not shit talking. Andrew, yeah, yeah, Andrew and Jalen, yeah. They said they were running the jobs. I don't know if that's true or not, but like a lot of guys will say, oh, I ran this job. You didn't really run the fucking job, man. You were the only guy there or you directed a crew. Yeah, but that's not running, running the, the job. job. And I'm not I'm not talking to them specifically. But no, I'm no, no, no. saying that in general. So that's what I'm saying. Like when I was on this one job, we needed coverage. I had to be there. I had to do the work, but the work wasn't consistent. So my boss was like, the foreman was like, sit in the fucking truck. Go down when you got to do the work. You have to be there from this hour to this hour as per the contract. So what did I do? Instead of sitting in my truck, go to the bricklayers. Hey, I got to put box, I got to do electrical work inside your walls. Instead of me just standing there watching you, teach me how to fucking lay some block, right? Yeah, but see, that's, you're a rare breed, man, because most millennials are not going to do that. But you're looking at it like, I'm going to take advantage of the time that and I'm And they here. were looking at it as free labor. Oh, that's yeah. the thing. Like, But I learned how... Dude, I laid I laid like 60% of the block at one that's construction awesome. site, dude. <laughs> I was that's doing, a lot of downtime. I was doing stuff. I'm like laying these blocks. And he's like, no, you don't use the trowel like that. He goes, but I don't even know how the fuck you're getting the mortar on the top like that. Like, it, It's like physically impossible. <laughs> like, uh, Last two questions. What profession would you not like to do ever? Plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Took you long enough, eh? Wow, that was a fast one. <laughs> and the last question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You did it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, nice job. <laughs> Giancarlo, thank you very much, man, for being on the show and reaching out and, and being an, uh, an avid listener of ours, man. We Thanks, really man. Appreciate, appreciate it. it. So everybody check him out, and if you're definitely looking for his services, reach out to him at ironwolfservices.ca, and it's giancarlo.iannii.iws at gmail.com. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Carlito, get us out of here. That's show number two so far. We're gonna about to do short number three. We're excited about this. Thank you so much for passing by, and, Thanks, and we're gonna be doing some more posting and everything. And uh, thank you, man. Thank you. And all the best to you, man. Fuck. Hopefully, I, hopefully I can come back on another. Oh, time. for sure, dude. Love to have you come back. <laughs> Love to have you come back, man. Get us out of here. Straight out of Oakville. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs>